0: One day, a lion came to the library. He walked right past the circulation desk and up into the stacks. Mr. McBee ran down the hall to the head librarian's office. "'Miss Merriweather,' he called. "'No running,' said Miss Merriweather without looking up. "'But there's a lion,' said Mr. McBee, "'in the library.' "'Is he breaking any rules?' asked Miss Merriweather. She was very particular about rule-breaking. "'Well, no,' said Mr. McBee. "'Not really.' Then leave him be. Welcome to A
1: Thousand and One Good Nights, a new podcast about the stories behind bedtime stories. Turn the pages with two new dads, one a psychologist and one a book editor, as they try to understand the nighttime ritual of their foreseeable future. So, uh, Nick, uh, Library Lion, I think uh, for you, it's a uh, charmingly illustrated homage to libraries that might also have important things to say about the current immigration dilemma. Oh, and... man, we are
0: just going for it right <laughs> after that. <laughs> Yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> and for me, I think this is an on-ramp to kind of a mild existential crisis where I start saying dumb things like,
0: what does meaning even mean <laughs> so let's let's start with <laughs> let's start with you first why do you why are you so charmed by this book so th- i think the gate- the gateway to this book is that it's it's maybe the most visually appealing children's book that i've come across um not we we talked about journey um which is you know all pictures and it's just it's kind of stunning but libraries, there's something about not only the the illustrations but just the the layout and the, the way maybe it's like the color palette and the way things, even the, even the typography is like surprisingly suited to the, to the story and the themes, I think. And so, it's okay. So you, so, visually... so it's not just
1: that it's like your, your particular preferred color palette. You think that it's that the color palette is deliberately designed well for the story that it's telling.
0: Yes. Does, like does that distinction so, make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like a really basic example is that like the, the paper, the, the actual background, it's not white. It's like this really like soft kind of off-white, slightly like warm kind of yellow color. And the the type is not just black. It's this kind of taupey kind of brown. And it's just the whole thing is very um, soothing and sort of, pleasant. Like, well, like you would, it's intriguing, but calming sort of like you would expect a library to be, or or you would hope a library. So I just think that's,
1: that's kind of what the book's about is how,
0: like how, (laughs) how quiet a place is the library supposed to be. (laughs) So so that's the big one. And, but then the other, the other thing that I find really intriguing about this, and I want to kind of pick your brain about um, and chat about is the, and something I don't think we've really talked a lot about in any of our previous episodes, but the idea of, children's books and, and and bedtime stories and morals like you know d- does a story have a particular moral like a, right. the moral to the story um and and this one really i think kind of has one and so i want to i want to talk about that and i want to talk about morals and and how how that happens in in children's books um and what our thoughts and feelings are about morals in children's books and yeah and well, just I mean, sort this, of as a broader
1: topic. yeah yeah well i mean it definitely makes it sense to use this book as uh, Opportunity to do that because it's about rules. And so so just the, the, the plot just to make sure we're talking about yeah. the same story. So t- tell me tell me if this uh, This jives with you. So the, 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 it's a pretty simple thing. A lion walks in the library much to the consternation of the uptight circulation desk clerk, Mr. <laughs> McBee And Mr. McBee alerts Miss Merriweather, the head librarian Who is uh, she's also very by the book in terms of rules <laughs> if you if they'll forgive uh, that kind of pun, but but she essentially says, you know what? Yeah, it's a little unprecedented, but as long as the lion doesn't break any rules, then he can stay. And so far as I can tell, uh, the uh, the the main rules are don't run and be as quiet as possible. Does that right? Those that's that's kind of and then so the lion has uh, a few false starts in terms of. There's kind of a learning curve for him in terms of getting those rules down, but he eventually adapts and helps out with library tasks and becomes a beloved part of the community. Though uh, Mr. McBee is still pretty wary of him. And then the the, the big dramatic action of the of the book: Miss Merriweather falls, reaching for a top shelf book, breaks her arm, and the only way the lion can uh, sort of sound the alarm is to roar. At Mr. McBee, which obviously breaks the, the rule about being quiet. So Mr. McBee banishes the lion uh before he realizes what has happened. But then after he does realize what the lion was trying to do, he goes out and h- tracks him down and brings him back and restores him to the library community. Is that is that pretty much does that, that sound that sounds you? that's a great
0: synopsis. <laughs> yep. Excellent.
1: Okay. <laughs> so pretty pretty simple. Three main characters. You know, it's it's about you know what what the rules are and and uh so it seems like a a a simple setup but um i uh in trying to kind of i'll I'll confess that as i was reading this to to jack i I saw the opportunity for trying to kind of uh, insert real life scenarios that i thought Mm. he could benefit (laughs) benefit from it's like jack you know this situation Reminds me a lot of times when you yourself could stand to be you know, a, little <laughs> a little more quiet or could you know have some decorum or but and, and and I realized then, and this is where that kind of existential crisis comes from, like what a tough thing rules are, especially yeah like to, when you're trying to explain them in 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 basic terms, and it's not just like you've when you're older, you kind of know society only functions because we kind of agree to behave in a certain way and just trying to, and especially this is super complex because it's, it, 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 it's about rules, but then also you can sometimes break those rules. So yeah, there and, a, and, a, a, and two good rules sense of law can come right. into
0: conflict. So right. then what do you do when there's two good rules that are in conflict with each other?
1: And so I could certainly see why this would be a really good and interesting uh, storytell kids. But I myself as a parent storyteller was really was really at a loss. And, and, and Jack didn't really have ha, ha, have many. Luckily, didn't have too many questions. He was mainly interested in saying, like, interpreting all the children's surprised faces as sad. Mm-hmm. So, so, <laughs> so why, he just, why is there so much sorrow in this book? Oh. But but had he asked more questions, I don't know if I would have been able to like explain it to him. So what what's 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 your take on all that? in, in terms of, because your kids are a little bit older, and maybe
0: understand what rules mean a little bit better yeah so interestingly with my kids my first daughter was really into this book about a year ago maybe like even a year and a half ago so when she was young, she's four now so maybe when she was kind of two and a half or or three um and it's sort of fallen out of interest in the last probably nine months or a year um which kind of makes it interesting actually because i'm sort of revisiting it but but i don't remember her being like especially she really wanted to read it and she we'd read it a lot but she wasn't specific about certain things that were like problematic or interesting and and I I wasn't I wasn't very proactive about kind of guiding her into specific parts of the book um so but I think clearly like there were things she really resonated with so and and I it's one of the things about this book that's interesting is there's a lot of what I think of as like emotional range. Like there's a lot of different emotion, strong emotions that happen in this. Everything from a library walks into a or a a lion walks into a library and the kids faces are surprised and shocked, you know, to anger, frustration, sadness, joy, you know, there's just a lot of emotion going on here. So I think that really, um, on a really basic level resonates. Kids really resonate with.
1: Yeah. So that, so I have a question for you about that. So did, did she, uh, Pick up on that range right off the bat. Like, if you didn't talk about rules, did you talk about emotions and what the
0: kids were thinking or, or feeling when, when she first encountered it? Yeah, a bit. So we we kind of point out like, how does the lion look now? he, he looks sad, you know. Or like, there, there's the big scene where the lion roars at Mister McBee, right? Sure. And he looks mad, you know. The lion right. looks angry, but that's kind of an opportunity to talk about. Well, sometimes you can look a certain way, but that doesn't. Why does he? You know. Why is he doing that? Well, because you know, Miss Meriwether fell down and he was afraid, you know, and he needed to help her. Um, so kind of that, you know, appearances can be deceiving and, um, but there's just, a, there, there's a lot of um, compelling kind of action and then emotion in the book.
1: Yeah. But then I think what's interesting about this for, for, for once again, a book that seems uh, <laughs> so simple is that like it's the, even the range of emotions, it's not binary. So I think one of the things that's, that's fascinating about reading this to Jack right now is that he is very much concerned with you know wrestling with the concepts of he's two and a half good and bad and he'll he knows that now kind of there are things maybe he shouldn't do or he has feelings about things like he he wants something or he doesn't want it and both of them are really strong emotions either either he wants it or and he he doesn't say one, he says needs i i need Mm -hmm. it or i i i I don't need it And, and don't need it means like you should probably throw it across the room. So it's really <laughs> like it's it's kind of one or the other, you know. And and maybe f- for him, that's why he either the lion's either happy or the lion's sad, right. or the, the kids are either happy or they're so it's not just like they're, they're neither happy nor sad. They're kind of in limbo, trying to figure out what their reaction should be. And and you know, Jack has these like immediate reactions, you know. And so it may it maybe. It may that's why this book is so interesting in terms of sorting out and learning about that kind of like gray area of judgment or, or, or evaluation. I, that's not an emotion, but does that well, make no, sense? no. I like, think
0: it, I think the book itself is it's sort of validating of emotional ambiguity, which certainly a, <laughs> a toddler, but really any kid or really any adult. Um, they certainly resonate with that, right? Like we all have like strong, confusing, kind of muddy feelings. And like, what, what do we do with that? What happens when, you know, when we feel that? And so I think that's one of the things the, the book does is even if obviously kids aren't conceptually grappling with a lot of these ideas as we think of them, they're getting exposed to, okay, you can have strong or kind of confusing emotions or you can have rules that like come into conflict with each other. And, and that's, that happens, that's normal. And then in the end, everything ends up okay. And I feel like that's psychologically, like emotionally, that's such a powerful thing for kids to experience, even if on kind of a a visceral level, even if they don't intellectually, obviously understand all that.
1: Yeah. But part of that also was the problem of knowing like not even so much uh, uh, good or bad, but but like a big deal or not a big deal, mm. does, does, does that, does that make us, does that make sense? Like, and, and evaluating that in the context of everything is as well, because, like there's so many things that are routine, like usually we do this and usually we do that. And like this, this gets into what I was trying to, I was trying to use this as a teachable moment for Jack <laughs> where we were, you know, we were, we were doing things on this trip, like uh, going to a wedding or, or thing. And it's a wedding is a, a situation where Jack might be around the same people or an even like a familiar Kind of setting, but there's a sort of an extra degree of decorum is, is expected. Right. And it's hard to say, well, no, this is, this may seem similar to what you've done before, but actually the circumstances are different. And same thing with, uh, you know, we, w- 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 another teachable t- t- that I thought, <laughs> tried and failed to, to do was when the, the lion roars when he's denied another story because the story time is over. Oh, and, yeah. And when uh, on this trip, Jack just saw cars the movie Cars Three so many times <laughs> because you know we were traveling and he was kind of outside his usual routine and it was it, 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 the kind of the all bets were off <laughs> right and, and and so but then every now and then we would be doing something kind of important like this wedding, and it's like, well, this is not a time to watch cars three it's like, well, why is this a special right. you know, why why not and then and then like it's inappropriate so you know making those distinctions like you can break rules when it's an emergency but like what does an emergency mean like it uh, to to jack i feel
0: like a lot of things seem like emergencies yeah i mean just the just the idea that rules can be contingent or like context dependent is is that something we kind of take for granted but that's a really that's kind of a complicated idea for a two and a half year old or a three-year-old right
1: Finally, he circled all the way back to the library. The lion was sitting outside, looking in through the glass doors. "'Hello, lion,' said Mr. McBee. The lion did not turn around. "'I thought you might like to know,' said Mr. McBee, "'that there's a new rule at the library. "'No roaring aloud unless you have a very good reason, say,' If you're trying to help a friend who's been hurt, for example, the lion's ears twitched. He turned around. Yeah, and and and, but everybody in the book seems to get it. Like, even though uh, Mister B is kind of uptight, as soon as he sees Miss Mary with the broken arm, he knows. Oh, that the lion, like, that he may made sense for him to trespass against the rules. You know, and the lion, even though he's worried about being banished, he knows the most important
0: thing is. Like rescuing Miss Merriweather. So Yeah, but even I mean, arguably the big turn in you know, plot wise and character development wise in the book is Mr. McBee thinks that having a lion in the library is inappropriate. Right. And he he learns in the end that actually that can be appropriate. Like that that isn't a conflict right so even so, even he has that kind of is experiencing that sort of dilemma
1: yeah okay so would you say that he's the main character i mean he, he's the one that undergoes the most undergoes the most growth in in the book right cuz he changes but is but he's but of the three characters he's the one that you you care the least about right <laughs> or are or, or, or do your kids care more about him or are are you more interested in him i i didn't like no, I, I think
0: that, that, that's what's fascinating about this book is it, it like a lot of good books, it, it works on different levels. So I think for a kid, the lion's probably the protagonist, right? Because it, yeah, it's I mean, the he's, one- He's in the title. Like he's, he's, he's featured. Right. right. And you, as a kid, you probably relate to the lion more because he's the one who's trying to learn all these new things and understand how to work in this new environment around adults. And so I think, you know, in a general sense, the lion's the protagonist. Um, but if you think, you know, if you put your kind of like- um, adult English major literary analysis cap on like from a more literary literary perspective that McBee is the one who really like undergoes change and like grows and learns something new and becomes a somewhat different person by the end. Right. Um, so I think, I think you could make the case that he in some ways he's the protagonist.
1: Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, go for it, man. No, 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 no. <laughs> know, that's right. But it's just like, even uh, like, He, like, he loosens up, but, like, really, like, the the focus is, like, getting the lion back in the library with Miss. Mac, like, like, you're, you're sort of, I feel like it's one of those things where you're glad that he had that change,
0: but it's not, I don't know how, okay, wait, so we, we've talked, we've talked about how good children's books, they kind of speak both to kids and to parents, right? So, yeah. so clearly like the the lion is speaking to the kids right there it's he 's the most relatable character to the lion, but I think to a to a parent like what this is teaching I, I, this is how I read it anyway that mcbee is the parent like learning how to like learning how to be a parent like how as a parent, you get exposed to all the i mean having kids is that 's what happens it's the, your whole world is sort of like shaken, and there's all sorts of new kind of rules you have to think about and new contingencies and new conflicts and ambiguities. And you have to figure out how to sort through all the, I mean, having a kid is like having, it's like bringing a lion into your library, so to speak, right? It's totally jarring and off and you have to figure out how to integrate that and make sense of it. So I I don't know, like to me as a parent or as an adult, I I kind of relate more to McBee.
1: And then, but couldn't also McBee be like another like slightly older kid who thought like that. So he's yeah, like he's not running things. Like he he always has to run off to like mom, like the, the right. head librarian, and maybe he's like an older sibling who thinks he knows how things work. He's at the circulation desk, you yeah. know. So he's he's got some level of responsibility, <laughs> but he still can't. He doesn't have complete autonomy. He can't really make decisions for the library, and then he thinks he knows like what's appropriate and what's not. And and to be fair to make to, to McBee. I, if a lion walked in <laughs> the library, it's like, oh, no, protect these kids. Like, I, I wouldn't be as worried about the lion running or, uh, you know, sh- sh- roaring as, as like, mauling,
0: <laughs> mauling a child. Right. Well, that's uh, – but I think that makes him more relatable. I mean, I, I really think that kind of fills him out as a fuller character, right? He's, right. Not, well, he's not just the bad guy or the antagonist.
1: Yeah, but but I don't know. He kind of – he feels a little bit like the – like a a tertiary character who's like the, I don't know, the 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 racist relative who like by the end is like, <laughs> you, know, but you don't really like by the end, he's more accepting, but he's not, you're not really concerned. Like I feel like usually what happens is the lion has to struggle to get, to get accepted and included in this, in this environment. But it's really not like the, the lion doesn't, I don't know. Are, are you rooting for the lion the whole time? Are, are you, that's, that, that's the question maybe. Who are you rooting for? Are you rooting for Mr. McBee to have a, a change of heart? Are you rooting for like the lion to like, just like find his home library and be happy or,
0: or what's the. Okay. So th- th- this is, that's a really good question. I think I didn't have a strong feeling of, of rooting one way or the other. Um, and I'd be curious to see what you think about this. But my thought is this book is very, in some ways it's, yeah, it's about kids and adults and it's about rules and decorum, but, but it's also a book about libraries and how special a place libraries are so maybe this is a little conceptual but I feel like I'm rooting for the library like you want the library to be this like nice harmonious place where people kind of like get along and it's fun and it's a community and people learn things and everybody gets along and so that's I I don't know that I was like explicitly thinking that but that that's how I feel about this book is that I don't really I don't just connect with one character like it's about the library becoming a, a nice place,
1: and maybe that makes sense. And maybe uh, so. Maybe the, <laughs> or you're full of it. No, like... no, 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 no. I mean, because maybe, like, because we haven't really talked about. So there's three characters with with sort of speaking parts, but then there's like the, the kids who are illustrated, even if they're not talking too much, and the, and they they're kind of the Greek chorus, and they maybe they kind of reflect like mm. what we're supposed to. To think and, and, and they, they mostly and, and, and especially early on they seem very they're kind of withholding judgment, right? They're trying to figure out what is is it inappropriate for the for the line to be in the library, you know or and and that's the other thing is that so We never really learn like so maybe there's the two rules running and shouting or, or roaring, but we never really get a breakdown of of why it's bad for those things to happen you know why? Why it's bad to to, to be loud in a library? Like they never say, "Listen, line, you can't, you can't be loud in the library because other people are trying to read, and you're gonna, you're gonna. Uh, it's a shared space, so you're gonna have to just show some decorum and not ruin their library experience. And if if you roar, you're, you're like cheating them of their library experience. So you're st- you're stealing their library. <laughs> you know, something like that. Trying to explain why it's bad to 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 do those things. And so that's why it's a little hard. I mean, we sort of instinctively know that like roaring isn't really that big of like being loud isn't really that big of a deal if it if it means saving somebody who's physically harmed. But it it's kind of interesting that we never get a sense for why these absolute rules which turn out to be absolute are are in place in the first place. And I feel like that's when you're trying to explain rules, that's a, a lot of times that's what you do. You have to give I mean, otherwise you just – because I said so, which is like what a parent ends up saying. Jackson, that like why <laughs> – Why, like, yeah. Well, why? Like why shouldn't I put my uh, like Hot Wheels in yogurt because they're dirty? <laughs> why? Was that a bad – you know, why Why is dirty? So then you're like – and then like, listen, you just got to trust me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We're not going into microbiology. <laughs> <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah, but I think that's that's sort of how – I think a lot of our – even as adults, like a lot of our rules are – it's basically – culture saying, because I told you so. Like most, if you think about it, like most of the big rules, could we really explain in depth, like why they're there? Like when push comes to shove, like most of us aren't experts in constitutional law or like moral theology or, you, you know, like, so I think that's, it's relatable. Like that, that kind of makes sense that the rules don't always get completely spelled out in a perfectly rational, understandable way. You sort of inherit them and then you you like muddle around and try and you you mostly take them but then you also come to these sticky points where you have to kind of like readjust and realize okay well I guess in this context it's it's okay to break it like that's the better thing to do is to break the rule okay
1: but but here's the flip side of this which is i i, I feel the form of a traditional fairy tale which is it gives you a worst case scenario about breaking the woods it's like are breaking the rules like don't go off into the the, the woods no. uh, kids and say like, why it's like oh you just it's dangerous out there and then they go and there's <laughs> there's a witch out there that wants to eat you so see told told you so, told and, you so. <laughs> maybe next time you won't like you'll trust me when i say that <laughs> don't go into the woods <laughs> yeah and, and that... so and, and so that's in that form like you have the you have like the the, the protagonist is the character who, who learns something by they they're told what the rules are they break the rules. There's like a consequence. They learn like why the rules are there in, in the first place. And then, then they, they sort of like return. Maybe they, they survive the experience, but like a wiser person. And in this situation, that's, that's not the, you know, the lion breaks the rules and everybody really, like, no, that was, that was right. Everybody applauds, uh, eventually applauds him for.
0: Yeah. Well, that, I mean, I think that's a, maybe that's sort of an, evolution of the fairy tale, right? Like maybe that's kind of a a more of a modern sensibility, right? That you can that it's it's good for the individual to flex and ad, and adjust and accept, you know, tradition or society's rules, but at times it's also good for, you know, society needs to flex and adjust as well. So maybe our fairy the form of our fairy tales should Right, should and, be...
1: and, and 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 that's why maybe there's more stories and movies now about Somebody's feels, uh, you know, especially growing up. I'm, I've, I've got to follow this particular path. But then you go, you know what? I, I don't need to follow this traditional arc, and I can, right. I don't know, do,
0: do my art or like be, 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 be me or. Yeah, we're sort that, of on that side of the spe- of the pendulum. You know, we sort of swung to that other, and that's that, that's modernity, right? Like that's but, very. But you know, thing. but I'll
1: but I'll say this, that's not quite what the what the book is is doing because it's not like the lion roars because he decides. You know what? I'm a lion. Lions roar. Right. Like I, I'm gonna just. It's just me do being me. Thi- <laughs> I'm just gonna be a lion, and this library should, like it should be the one that just you know get get used to it. The the he roars be because it's like an emergency
0: situation, and he has to right. Yeah, so he's, he's like he's not tearing down the sort of tradition. He's like examining. Parts of it and <laughs> looking for, you know, like we need to examine parts of this a little bit more closely and maybe modify them. So it's it, it, in, so maybe in a way, it's sort of a, a kind of a, a, a middle road between those two things. Yeah, man. How do I? Maybe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can, I, I can see it. Yeah, no, so, I mean, that, 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 but that, let, that makes sense. But Go let's ahead. talk
0: a little bit about how, like, more in general, like, sh- I don't know, should children's books have morals should they have explicit more because this one has a pretty explicit moral you know the last page of the book is sometimes there is a good reason to break the rules even in the library like that's pretty straightforward like it's they're kind of saying like that's uh, aside from saying the moral of the story is like they're coming right out with it and for normally that kind of thing even in children's books kind of bothers me it comes across as sort of preachy and moralistic like I tend to not like explicit morals in stories but for some reason I, this one doesn't bother me as much um what did you have a reaction to that is it because it's cloaked in that pleasing typeface? Is that the? <laughs> is that the... <laughs> That's it. Their typography really just <laughs> <laughs> just like it, it. It didn't seem as preachy when it was right. <laughs> <laughs> when it was
1: couched uh, like and it was set with that with that color palette against that those kind of t- in, a taupe form. It, it's hard to be preachy in taupe. In
0: taupe. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I I mean, my thought is sort of that y- you know s- some kind of you know a message is in, in a broad sense is sort of inevitable and probably a good thing. Um, but that th- you can do it, um, artfully or less artfully. <laughs> and I, I think maybe a lot of preachy morals that rub me the wrong way are, they're just not done very artfully or, or very thoughtfully. Right. right.
1: Kind of heavy. You're, you're you're upset by a heavy handed moral. Well, I'll say, so <laughs> a couple, a, a couple things. One is that, uh, I think that there's, uh, a difference between like teeing up uh, an explicit lesson and choosing like uh, a problem to, to wrestle with. Does, does that make mm. sense? Like, I think ambitious stories should definitely wrestle with with sh- like, like a moral universe. Or should be should be. It's okay for them to be concerned with like how do we make decisions and why do we live our lives the way we do and that's not the same thing as saying and that's why you don't you know steal from your parents (laughs) at at, at the end like because that that comes up because it's like it's important you know a lot of stories have to do with why why do we you know it's you you make you make you make moral judgment calls like when you when you're reading stories that's how you choose like who's the good guy who's the bad guy what the conflict intention is. so like it's important for them to to occur in a place where you're deciding like did the, the person in the book do something that was good or, or bad, you know, even, even if it's a, not a straightforward answer to, to, to that question. And there's also a difference between like an explicit moral and just setting up like an opportunity for a conversation. Does, does, that, mm-hmm. does that make sense? Yeah, so,
0: and, and, and maybe that's what this book feels, th- that last little like moral at the end, it just feels like kind of a gentle reflection of what's been going on in the whole story. Like I, I feel like you, you already get that message by the time you get to the last page.
1: Kind of, but maybe that's but maybe that's also because I'm reading that as an adult. So that one other thing to talk about for this book is that there's some variation in tone too. So it, towards the very end, when the lion when the lion comes back, and McBee tells Meriwether that she she runs off, and then he says no running, but he he says it with kind of with a smile, like gently. Yeah. So, but that that's that's tone. So like it's he doesn't he's not really chastising or upbraiding or saying you shouldn't run now. You you kind of get that even though he's saying one thing, he's 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 being playful about it. So, I mean, I feel like because that's the case, when you get uh, sort of a bit of moral instruction at the very end, it's hard for it to be heavy handed because you've already talked about how uh, like you you can kind of you can kind of relax the rules a little bit so you can get a rule, but you can know that it's not necessarily an absolute one
0: yeah and you, you've you been experientially kind of walked through why that makes sense in the whole story and so the yeah the 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 explicit statement of it isn't as heavy-handed at the end yeah i think that i think i think that makes sense um yeah w- what was your reaction to that to the kind of moral at the end like do you... um you know i i kind of i feel like i kind
1: of expected it um also i'll say the the so I love libraries and I love, it is one of my like, favorite places in the world. And I love books about libraries and books about books, but I will will say that uh, that last statement where it says, you know, it, it's okay to break rules even in, even a library, like the library also seems to me like kind of a low stakes place in terms of rules. Like <laughs> the, the most dramatic emergency that happens is someone's reaching for a book on a high shelf and miscalculates and falls, and that's not a that's not great. Obviously, she's she's hurt, so I don't want to make light of Miss Meriwether's pain, but at the end of the day, it, it's still like a pretty tame, you know, like t- tame situation. And so I feel like, and and the rules themselves, like things going wrong, people being too loud or not whispering, like, the, the, maybe the library is a place for decorum, but also it's a place where if something goes awry, you know, it's not like people are dying of dysentery or something, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Does that, and so did, so did you, did, I, what, what do you think of that? Like, like.
0: yeah, I don't know, but I think that's pretty reflective of most situations. Like, I mean, I mean, okay. So dying of dysentery, right? <laughs> like obviously there's a place for um, antibiotics, but even with antibiotics, you, you don't want to just take antibiotics anytime you get any sort of infection, right? Because you can build up immunity to mm-hmm. it, and it becomes less effective. So there's, I I feel like that principle does apply pretty broadly. So it it doesn't seem like it's a unfair metaphor or vehicle okay. for this lesson.
1: Okay that that yeah that that makes sense. But I'm just saying, but by by saying even the library, like at the the the, the book ends a little bit, not tongue in cheek, but sort of like. Uh,
0: yeah it's a little like should, irony kind of in yeah the, yeah, yeah
1: and, and and so like the, the the book ends by taking itself a little bit less seriously so mm. i feel like that I, I kind of i i feel like i picked up on that in the the concluding statement yeah. does does that make sense at all that it's like libraries are wonderful places but and in the places where we should have decorum and we're, and we're playing with the trope of the strict librarian but also you know we we can we can all we can all kind of chill out a little
0: bit a little, a little bit about this right which maybe softens the blow of the the moral at the end too right that it is kind of this slightly self-deprecating or kind of pretty lighthearted
1: right right and and also uh by the end though you've it ends so gently i feel like you've uh softened the the blow of the initial kind of shock of there's a line in the library and it's, it, yeah. it's such a different kind of ending from like, if, if you didn't have any, if you didn't know how this, it, that could have gone so differently. Like it could have been, that could have been the emergency is that the lion is going to eat all the kids. You know what I mean? And so <laughs> if it was,
0: if the grims if we found out there was a previously unpublished Grimm's fairy right. tale about lions in, in libraries.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's because, well, because some other child had let the lion out of the zoo and it was about that kid. Right. And then the, the kid was like, Yeah. Now the lion went over and ate a bunch of my cousins in the library, so now I know to leave the lion cages alone at the zoo.
0: Right. But there is in that yeah, there, so in the in the early part of the book there's the the lion is kind of integrating into the the library community and people are generally kind of happy and pleased, but there's a different feel in that last page where like kids are throwing paper up into the air and, and the head librarian is like got her hand in the lion's mane, giving him this right. big hug and even Mr. McBee's kind of smiling. So it's, there's like an, I, I, maybe this is reading too much into it, but there's sort of a, a a case for like maybe we need to expand the idea of what a library is a little bit. Like, yes, it's a place to you know be quiet and read books and kind of um, it's got this decorum, but maybe we could be a little bit more flexible with our our idea of what a li- a library can and should be.
1: Right. Yeah. And it, and it's um though though to be fair, like it the the lion integrates themselves pretty well in the library tasks, like licking lim- envelopes and right. going to the card catalog, which I know this is a pretty recent book, but it already seems <laughs> kind of, <laughs> kind of like crazy that there is such a thing as a card catalog. Um, but I guess the other thing, and maybe we can, we can close with this because it's a, a bigger topic that we can sort of tackle, is it's the, the really sort of marvelous moment maybe is, is what happens when Miss Meriwether decides that lion is welcome in the library. Like, and, 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 or the lion can prove like, like, well, this is, we don't, we don't really have any rules for this situation. So let's just like, see how it goes. Yeah. And that's a really interesting thing. And so is that just the, well, once, you know, this is something unusual or unfamiliar, so we're, rather than rejecting it,
0: let's let this unfamiliar, you know, creature prove, prove itself. Yeah, it's kind. Of, I mean, it's almost kind of uh, experimental or scientific. Like we're not going to go into it with I, I know how this should go. We're going to get some data and see see if it works out or not.
1: And it's not like oh, I wish we'd had a lion. We we should have <laughs> ha- previously had a lion protocol to be prepared for just this situation.
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, but she she's flexible right there at that from the early stages.
1: Which even though she's such a rule follower, she's from the, she's so, maybe that's why she's the one that gets to interpret the rules is because she's so when something new comes up she's not she's not flustered or terrified in the way that McBee is right i think that's and i I think that's a pretty that's that's a that's an important lesson for for kids too you know to because there's 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 so much of their life is going to be new and there's going to be so many unfamiliar things and people you know (laughs) come <laughs> coming from different
0: places, so yeah, it, the, it's the, good for that you can you can have change and flexibility without instability right they, like they, I, you can change and adapt and things still work out well in the end right well, in this case they do i mean uh,
1: you know, if <laughs> if the if the no I mean, but and this is and I, we like i said we won't get into the immigration but but if the if the if the lion had had eaten a bunch of people then what people have said see miss Meriwether just wasn't you know uh she was foolhardy at like, right. opening up and and i think that's i will say this that's one of the things that's so that it. as, as much as i poked for the library earlier it is the idea that this is a a real community place that there is that kind of like openness and like risk-taking even if it doesn't seem like it's the the, the case oh interesting
0: yeah which are not um words you usually associate with the library right risk-taking right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Hey, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Thousand and One Good Nights. If you want to learn more about this book and other bedtime stories, check out our website at a goodnightscom That's one zero zero one goodnights.com. Be sure to sign up for our monthly email newsletter to get updates about upcoming seasons and other new content. Finally, please help us out by rating the show on iTunes. This helps spread the word about the show and get it in front of new listeners each week.